0: Those people that were standing on third base, think they hit a triple. Yeah. But they didn't. We're going inside We're going outside Inside and outside them. And when we get them on the run we're gonna keep them on the run. And we're not gonna pass unless our secondary comes up too close. But don't forget, man, we're gonna get them on the run, we're gonna go, 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 go! And we answer the stop and then go last goal line. I'm not going to, so quit asking.
1: Hello folks and welcome back in to the spread the field podcast. I am your host Jack Gray the ball guy who bets Uh, You of course can find me on Twitter at @betsbald. And we are back after an exciting week nine of college football Um, hopefully you can hear me a lot better this week. I apologize for our audio difficulties um so yeah, we are back in the saddle. Week nine was very, very kind to us. We went six and two overall. We're going to review that in a minute. Um, we are eleven and five the last two weeks. I don't know how long this good fortune is going to last, but uh, we're going to ride the wave and hopefully uh, avoid cratering uh, on the season. On the spread, the field record for the podcast so far this year. 31 29 and one we have finally crawled uh over even with our record still down uh not a, not quite a full unit 0.79 units on the year um if we can put together another positive week uh we will be in the black finally for the year i uh, hope everybody enjoyed uh, Papa Joe's uh, rants and raves We will have Papa Joe on today Hopefully with some more concise Picks uh, But he really appreciates uh, being on here And obviously uh, uh, Participating with me and we like to have him uh, With that all said Always uh, ooh, Before I get too far down the road Don't forget obviously like I said follow me on Twitter At BetsBald where uh, we've got more plays uh, We actually had a little bit of a Good start to the hockey season on there, um, obviously, like I said, we do other plays, boxing. Uh, we might start to foray into golf, but usually that won't happen until after the calendar turns. I put up some NFL plays, all that kind of stuff, on Twitter. But you can also follow me on the Action app. Everything is being tracked there um, with verified odds. Uh, we'll go into that. I think maybe in the off season about kind of how that all plays out um and also i'm on bet stamp so all those places you can track what's going on just to try to be transparent with you people now let's review week number nine in week nine we had once again eight plays uh six and two on the week our first game we went back and played a weeknight game something we had not done uh whoo that's i think week three or week four we had east carolina on a friday night in Utah, taking on BYU, we said BYU had been struggling. Um, overall, I mean, a, a lot, a lot of it on defense, especially with teams that run the ball. But just in general, just this team seems so lost and so out of character. And, and and you have to wonder how much maybe having Zach Wilson uh, masked the decline of this team, along with the other kind of weird nonsense the last couple of years with COVID and scheduling and whatnot. Um uh, ECU gave him a game, hung in there. Uh it never never really got to the point where it looked comfortable, but uh every time BYU would score, ECU would answer. Uh, ultimately, East Carolina ends up winning outright, uh, preserving obviously our plus three, and that gave us an early 1-0 record as we headed into the Slate of Games on Saturday. On Saturday, we had a lot of early games. Uh, filled up most of the, uh, most of the early part of the day, uh, following every game, watching Notre Dame, all that jazz. Um, and we had a pretty good idea what our record was going to be, uh, after the noon slate. Uh, first we had Boston college taken on UConn and what was an ugly, ugly game. Uh, 44 and a half was the line. We took the under, we didn't need that many three to 13, three. I actually flipped this on. This was on CBS sports network. And oh my, it it was I I had to flip it off almost immediately. I, I would try to go on commercials, and it was it was borderline unwatchable. Uh, Boston College is just you know they they they're really suffering from a lot of injuries, and they almost made it on the card this week again because of that reason. I I don't know that this team is that bad. They are obviously struggling. They're uh, in the first or second, I think maybe second year of a coach coaching regime change. Uh, injuries all over the place, but they just they can't do anything on offense. Uh, UConn, who, showing signs of life for UConn, um, also struggles to move the ball. Uh, so we were not surprised. Uh, the under-cashing here, giving us our second win on the card for the week. Next, we went to what was easily the worst loss of the day. West Virginia, catching 7.5 at TCU. I you know, I hate to throw out things like bad beat and 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 some of these other tropes and and cliches, but my gosh, was this a bad beat. West Virginia, in this game the entire time, got down at one point, I think I want to say maybe ten in the third quarter. It looked like TCU was maybe gonna pull away again, blah, blah, blah. Come back, stay in it, score, make it a three point game. We're going down. It's a three point game in late in the fourth quarter. TCU has the ball. They're driving the field. They get into West Virginia territory. I want to say they're around the 30-yard line, somewhere in that range, trying to run out the clock. West Virginia's used their last timeouts. There's a minute 12, and TCU is facing, I want to say, a fourth and three, maybe less than that. Fourth and three. Not going to kick the field goal. If they kick the field goal, we still cover. We still cover. It's a six-point game. They're only up by three. Take a timeout. They're going to try to get the first down. They're going to try to run out the clock. They don't want to give the ball back to West Virginia. Go hard count. Hard count catches a West Virginia defender defender jumping free play. TCU quarterback smartly, smartly throws the ball up for a receiver in the end zone. Guy comes down with it. 10-point game. From from being completely locked up, I mean, T- TCU gets the first down. They were just gonna run out the clock. It was gonna be a three point game. What a bad beat! Uh, obviously, disappointment uh, in that game. But uh, thankfully, the rest of the day uh, was not as bad. But man, what I that that's gonna be one I talk about into next year as as one of the one of the all time bad beats of this show so far. Uh, so West Virginia, this is our first loss on, on what is just a terrible beat. Uh, also happening at noon, we had South Florida versus Houston. Uh, the over-under here was set at 60, or at least that's where we got it. We got it at 60. I want to say it maybe got steam back up a little bit. Um, I, I, like I said, I was kind of confused as to why there wasn't more on the over. Both teams had played at the over. Both teams. USF has a really bad defense. Uh, This game started off like gangbusters. I want to say there was over 40 points before halftime, so we didn't really have to sweat that. Uh, Game was covered, uh, I think, early in the fourth quarter. So, um, USF Houston over 60, that cash for us, giving us our third win. Still in the noon-ish window here. We had another ugly game. Not quite as ugly because the quality of opponent would be just a hair better than... Then Boston College, UConn, you had Miami taking on Virginia. Over under here, set at 48 and a half, And we did not even sniff this despite having four overtimes. This was just a back and forth field goal slugfest that ultimately ends up in a tie. Anyways, this goes to overtime where we still struggle Miami ultimately pulls it out. I think they got the two-point conversion in the fourth overtime to win this game, 16-14, well short of our 48.5, another under that cashes for us here. <clears throat> so, as we get out of the noon slate, we were 4-1 as we head into our evening games here. 4-1, do I have that right? 5-1? Five, 5 and no. Yes, five and one. No. Yes, five and one. Anyways, <clears throat> three thirty. We had two games we were looking at here. No, forgot about our night game. Sorry, four and one. Three thirty. We're looking at Illinois laying seven and a half on the road at Nebraska. Uh, Illinois is having a really good year. Uh, Nebraska, obviously, tons of turmoil. Fired Scott Frost. As an interim coach, not a whole lot to play for. Playing a little more carefree. Illinois is laser-focused. Illinois came in, took care of business. This game was another one that was never really in doubt. That cashed for us. Uh, also at 330, we had another game that that not not quite the bad beat. Once again, we're not going to go into cliches and, and what ifs and coulda, shoulda, woulda's. Northwestern taking on Iowa. Line here was set at 37.5 on the total. We took the under. And I look and follow this game, and with about eight and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, we are good. We are set. This game is about 27 points. No way it's going anywhere. Both these teams suck on offense. And all of a sudden, both of them score touchdowns. And we are shot the moon. I think the final here was 33-13. All I don't know what to say here. Iowa, get yourself to at least be consistent at something. So that gives us our second loss on the day. And we did have one game at night. I just, I missed it on my sheet because we didn't really make notes about it. We said little brother covers and I'll be darned if little brother did their damnedest to not try to cover in this game, Michigan state, Michigan, Michigan state catching uh, what ultimately ended up being 23, which ended up being very important. Uh, try tried their best to stifle Michigan as much as they could. Uh, Michigan really. I, I watched you know the first half of this game and fell asleep a little bit during the second half. I, I don't want to say Michigan was pressing, but maybe maybe trying to really stomp out the whole we're we're going to come in and try to dominate you. And, and what I mean by that is. Instead of playing their game and dominating, they actually played a game plan where their game plan was to try to dominate. And I think that ultimately backfired. They settled for a bunch of field goals. Michigan State can never really get anything going on offense. Um, and ultimately, it was the field goal conversion chances uh, as opposed to getting touchdowns that helped save this bet. But Michigan State was never really in this game at all. Um, but thankfully, the number was big enough. And Michigan, Michigan's had issues with that separation this year. Uh, they really have. We we haven't bet them to really cover a whole lot, um. And then they go out and surprise us in a game like you know they had against Penn State. But uh, little brother kept it close enough. There was some after fireworks, but ultimately week nine in the books, six and two. Uh, once again, you go back to week eight, and we are eleven and five. The last two weeks, let's see if we can carry that over here into week number ten. So in week ten, we have a very underwhelming slate of games. Uh, I I I say that in jest uh, because because of the picks that we have coming up here, there was not a lot that jumped off the board to me this week, and I think a lot of that has to do with a couple things. It's almost like we have too much information at this point in the season that you don't. You don't want to read too much into things. You, you want to look at what's happened on the field, what's happened uh, historically in some cases, what teams are trending up, what teams are trending down. It, this is a, early November, and November, November on the whole is just a real grind part of the season. This is where I think the the margins are razor thin between that really good season, really poor season, Winning the game, losing the game. Like I said, not a ton that jumped off. I, I really, you know, Tennessee playing Georgia. I, I wanted to pick there, um, you know, a couple of these other big games, and I just could not find enough there to pull the trigger. And 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 in this, in this, this, you know, I do this for entertainment, but but we are trying to be successful here. And and what a lot of the the really sharp people, and they're out there on Twitter and and podcasting all this, and and the guys out in Vegas, sometimes the best bet is the one you don't make. So uh, a little lighter card this week. We've only got six plays. And like I said, uh, in terms of what we've been doing, it's slightly underwhelming. Uh, Our first play of the day is an early game. Uh, ten thirty a.m. local time, eleven thirty a.m. Uh, Eastern. We got a service academy matchup, battle for the commander in chief trophy here, uh, or at least a portion of it. Air Force taking on Army. Uh, this game at Jerry World in Texas. Over under here set at forty and a half. It's academy football, folks. That I, that's the analysis here. The analysis is it's academy football. Almost all academy football ends up in an under. We like under 40 and a half. Eight straight in this particular matchup, Air Force versus Army, to the under. Uh, Air Force has been a middling team this year. Uh, I think four and four uh, on the total to the over and the under. Army has actually been slightly better to the over, but these are teams that know each other. These are teams that both want to control the game with running the football they they know each other well. They know how to stop the option. This is one of the biggest things. When you see the option all the time, you actually learn how to stop it. And that's one of the kind of gimmicky things that when these teams go and play other teams who aren't used to it, they're able to get away. All of a sudden, we don't have these 40-yard fullback trap plays when Army and Navy and Air Force all get together and play each other. So our first play on the day, Air Force, Army, under 40. Uh, next, at noon... Real noon, but also 11 a.m. out there in Columbia, Missouri. We've got the Kentucky Wildcats, Kentucky Wildcats taking on Mizzou. Over under here, also set at 40 and a half. Um, UK and Mizzou both, respectively, seven and one and six and one to the under here in 2022. Uh, UK is averaging, they're actually both teams are averaging only 24 points per game on offense and they're both giving up uh, a little over 20, 20 for UK, 22 for Mizzou. Uh, So these teams are very similar and at least with the on-field product they've had by the stats. Uh, We know about Kentucky's defense. They, they've gotten exposed a few times this year by teams that have you know more explosive offenses. Obviously, they got their their, their heads handed to them last week by uh, Tennessee. But uh, I, Mizzou does not have that kind of offensive firepower. They don't. Uh, early game, teams, like I said, that are more defensive focused, both of these teams try to dominate possession. They want to possess the ball. Kentucky's, you know, Kentucky's main way of winning games is, can I hold on to the ball long enough, convert those possessions into enough points to then let my defense wait you out? And that's their game. And Mizzou kind of plays a similar game, not to the degree of Kentucky, um, but that's that's going to be the game plan for both. Like who, who can hold the ball the longest? And when you're holding the ball, you're obviously not scoring the ball. Uh, in the last 10 meetings between these two, uh, the under is uh, seven and three seven and three to the under in the last 10 here so we like the under for UK versus Mizzou. Uh, next at 2 pm we've got Marshall taking on Old Dominion a, uh, a sun Belt budding rivalry maybe uh, West Virginia Virginia here. Uh, Marshall uh, the over under sorry the over under here set at 46 and a half. Um, we like the under here, Marshall six and one to the under on the year, old dominion, only four, three and one to the under, but they've kind of, eh, their offense is not explosive either. They've had games where they give up a bunch of points, but Marshall's not a team who's going to score a bunch of points. They're once again, trying to try to play bully ball with their defense and be efficient on the ground. Uh, both of these teams are only averaging 25 points a game. If that tells you anything, so the, the offenses are, are nothing to, to really write home about. Uh, in the last seven matchups between these two teams, uh, the under is five and two. So we like under 46 and a half. Marshall versus Old Dominion. Next, we go to uh, the, the, I, I tried to be as free from emotion as possible in this game. Clemson taking on Notre Dame. At 7.30, under the lights, the line here set at 44. And we like the under. Are you sensing a theme on our underwhelming card this week? Um, what I think the big things here, you know we've, we've hit some of these before. Notre Dame struggles on offense. Despite what happened against Syracuse last week, which is, I think, a very well-executed game plan against a flawed Syracuse team, Notre Dame struggles on offense. They are very one and a half note team we're going to try to run the ball at you we're going to try to out physical you and then we're going to have drew pine stare down michael Mayer. it works sometimes but against Clemson, i mean Cle- as much as the drop-off has been there without brent venables and and some of the other things clemson's not a bad team they're not going to get pushed over the way syracuse is On the flip side, though, Clemson has struggled this year against teams who run the ball. And Notre Dame is going to come out and they're going to run the ball in this game. And I think what that does is it shortens the game. It shortens the amount of time Clemson can go out there and try to be explosive, even though they haven't really demonstrated that they can be all that explosive this year. Uh, On the Notre Dame side of things, back to the offense. The offense is inefficient. So we have even seen, you know, even in these games, Syracuse, UNLV, Uh, Go back to BYU. They leave points on the field constantly, whether they're turning the ball over, whether they are trading field goals for touchdowns, whether they're just getting gassed out in the red zone. I've seen a number of times where they've been, maybe not the red zone, but, you know, inside the 30 and they go for it on fourth down and don't convert. So their inefficiency, so even if Notre Dame is somehow competitive in this game, the only way they're doing that is in a low-scoring affair. Uh, of the four meetings these teams have had since 2015 three of the four have gone to the under um and I just uh, 44 I this is a game that that I I think I think of the of the spectrum of scenarios that happens here you have a game where you know Clemson maybe wins 28 to 10 uh or Notre Dame keeps it close and all of a sudden it's a you know, 21 to 17 game, 21 to 19 something weird like that. I I don't know, uh. But we will take the under Clemson versus Notre Dame. Let's go into late action here out in the Mountain West Conference. We've got Colorado State taking on San Jose State at 10:30. The over under here set at 45. Uh, if you've been following along, you know where we're going here. We like San Jose State in unders. Uh, San Jose State has a really good defense um we we took them two weeks ago they had that game postponed they came back last week um, and actually allowed a lot of points one of their one of their overs to the year but uh Colorado State is six and one to the under and San Jose State is five and two to the under uh the big keys here Colorado State's offense is only averaging 12 points a game 12 points per game uh, while San Jose State's defense, is only giving up 16 points per game. So bad offense, good defense. That's a recipe for low scoring. Uh, Colorado State's only the, the most points they scored in any game this year on offense is 19. So the question here becomes, how how good is San Jose State's defense? I mean, sorry, San Jose State's offense. They've shown up ability to move the ball. I I don't know that they move the ball enough here to really, you know, ha, have it be a runaway. Um, they're still another team who, uh, while they play the sound defense, uh, they're they're not as explosive. So even in a game where you know they're winning thirty-one to ten, or you know less than that, you know let's say thirty-five to three, we're still under that forty-five. Uh, our final play of the night, another whack game. Uh, like I said, only six on the card this week. Hawaii. Catching twenty-seven on the road, they're on they're they're in the mainland again, although just barely. Uh, they're taking on Fresno State at ten thirty. Um, Hawaii six and three against the number so far here in twenty twenty-two, despite their lackluster uh, record. Uh, covering is what's important, obviously, as we look at it from the spread of the field standpoint. Fresno State, who's been a struggle, uh, they were a team we we wanted to get on board with early in the year, and and it just hasn't planned out for them. They are only two and six against the number. They've only been favored, I think, in three games this year, um, and I think in I think they've only covered one of those. Um, Hawaii has covered their last four games so far here in 2022, and in the series between the two, Hawaii has. Not only covered the last two, but have won the last two outright. So 27 is a big number for, for a Fresno team that is not overly strong. Uh, so we like Hawaii. So once again, only six underwhelming picks on our under heavy card this week. Uh, Air Force versus Army, line at 40 and a half. We like the under there. Kentucky versus Mizzou, another line at 40 and a half. We like the under there. Marshall versus Old Dominion, the line set at 46.5 for the total. We like under there. Clemson versus Notre Dame. This line total set at 44. We like the under there. Colorado State versus San Jose State uh, total set at 45. We like the under there. And finally, we got a team just aside here. Hawaii catching 27 points on the road at Fresno State. We like them to cover that. So that is your week 10 in the books. Like I said, we've put together some positive weeks here. Not only, I mean, the last two weeks have been really good, but we, I, I, as you've been following along, hopefully, we've been grinding up. Uh, so hopefully we get into the black on our units next week. Uh, let's take a few moments. Hopefully it's not, you know, a million moments, but let's take a few moments here and we'll check in with Papa Joe and Papa Joe's picks. And we've got Papa Joe back on the line. Papa Joe, welcome back in. Are we uh, Are we feeling pretty good this week? We, we took it on the chin a little bit last week.
0: Uh, Jack, we did and we did not. Uh, this is a kick-ass weekend, but let's go ahead and review. Let's go ahead and review. And then I'll, there's a lot in the mailbag this week and I will get to that, but go ahead. Go ahead, tell me where I was wrong. And I, I, love, that you, uh,
1: I, was, I love that you sponsor an unofficial mailbag um uh,
0: it, it's it's overflowing and the uh hundreds of thousands of fans who are responding to the spread the field podcast are very interested in what papa joe has to say this week
1: uh papa joe went one and two last week yeah uh we had trying to pull it up to to get the accurate uh ohio well, state I did not
0: have head uh jack uh Ohio missed, State did not uh, cover this one and they covered uh, Ohio State had that game one with the, with the, with the, with the spread and they did something stupid uh, there at the end and, and screwed it up for me. And then USC, you know, I'm just waiting for them to show up like they're supposed to. And they will. And they will. So, um, you see, I'm most, most in puntings. my mind, I'm three, wait a minute. I'm three, and oh in my mind, Oh, 3 know, in his mind last week, but you know what uh, results are what they are. It's like um, it's like anything in life. You are what your record is. And uh, Papa Joe is one and two. However, fans don't be discouraged. That was that was really not my fault.
1: So we've got Papa Joe at three and four overall. You took, you took a good jab at me last week. I, did. I have now <laughs> creeped up. I'm 11 and five over the last two weeks. Oh, Thank you, Papa oh,
0: Joe. Excuse me for yes. uh you know spilling coffee there.
1: Yes. So um yeah, I mean to to be honest, I I thought Ohio State would cover that game as well. Um Penn State was very competitive. Well, they
0: had it covered.
1: Well, but Penn State was they very competitive had it covered. in the first half of the game. Penn State went into the halftime with the lead. Um USC, see, you, you're, you're sitting here talking about history and all this nonsense with USC. Most pundits and most respected people that I follow and listen to know that USC's defense is is basically playing on borrowed time. So they're all waiting for the luck to run out and USC to drop one or two more games here before the end of the year. Uh,
0: they will not. And Jack, can I ask you a question? Sure. I always ask you a question on the Jack Ray uh, Spread the Field podcast. Did, have you, did it's
1: always you, rhetorical, though. It's always did, rhetorical.
0: Exactly. Did you go to Kohl's last week?
1: No. Why would I go to Kohl's? I shop at real stores.
0: Okay. You shop at real stores. But look, Jack, uh, Kohl's had a sale on hate hats. You ah. have not bought your hate hat yet.
1: Are you sure you are at a Kohl's why. and not a Belk? Because I don't have Belk here.
0: Well, we have Belk. We have Belk down the street here in Cumming, Georgia. And yeah. uh, it's actually a very nice store. And they were out of hate hats because Tennessee is coming to town down the road in Athens. And Papa Joe is stepping out because of the mailbag, because of the mailbag and the producer at the local donut shop there in Pendleton, just up the road from Fortville, said, does Papa Joe ever talk about anything else but who he hates? Yes, Papa Joe can. Well, you're still talking he, about Georgia. Papajo hates Georgia. a lot of people. I hate Georgia. I hate Southern Cal. I hate. So Ohio let's, State. Should I go on and on? I can throw Clemson and University of Miami, who sucks this year, in the mix. But we we can't tell Dorit girl that she better hang on to that producer job because I got to take on um, the cabal that is coming to Athens. Uh,
1: let's uh yeah let's put a pin in all of that but let's transition over to uh, what is probably your first pick of the day here then. So Tennessee taking on Georgia, Tennessee's catching eight seven and one against the number so far this year. Where are you going here?
0: Well, you know what? They're getting eight. You're number one. You're getting eight. yeah. It's a road game. And I'm saying, why, why are they doing that? Well, home game for Georgia, And Tennessee may be unproven. However, their strength of schedule is a lot better than Georgia. I got my hate hat on. I hate them. But eight points, I think, is a lot against Georgia has not been tested. We talked about the cupcake factor last week and probably the week before. And I was talking about it back in 1968. So Georgia's schedule has been soft. Soft, soft, soft. Just like Ohio State's. So I mean, they played. The I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Hendon Hooker. To he might not have a breakout game, but he's going to have a good game because they they got some skill at those wide receiver positions. They can run the ball a little bit, and I think Georgia has not played a team with this kind of offense all year.
1: I I like the pick, and and we we discussed it earlier. Uh, I really did want to make a play on this game. Just nothing st- stood out to me. Uh, I will throw these things at you. Uh, we're going to well, lock man, you in.
0: Papa Joe's actually taking them outright, but I want those eight points.
1: All right, we're going to take Tennessee. You
0: and your producer told me uh, no more donuts until you actually pick with point spreads.
1: There is, there is I'm no offended donut by producer. that,
0: but that's what I'm doing.
1: There is no donut producer. Uh, does it bother you that Tennessee has not covered since 2018? Tennessee has only won twice in Athens in the last 15 years.
0: Uh, Jack, I bet Heath Schuler was the quarterback. who was a failure with the Washington Redskins back in the day. The last time Tennessee really meant something going into Athens. That I agree with you. But he wore number twenty-one as a quarterback, which I like. I like the weird stuff. Henan Hooker, number eight. It's um, I think he wears no. He wears number five. He wears number five, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, I I like this. I like the liberal lean on. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna feel for the new team here. Won't go into all the liberal leaning there. I think Tennessee. Is, I think Tennessee is the play. Um, they might be, they might lose by one point, but I like the, I like the eight.
1: I, yeah, so I like if it.
0: it was six and a half. It was six and a half. I would be worried. No, so I, like, I, I like it too. You, I can see him losing by one. Jack.
1: You get through No, you get through a whole touchdown. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. And, and I, I do agree. I don't think Georgia's seen. It, the issue I have, I think is, I don't think Georgia's seen an offense like Tennessee, but to be fair, I don't think like of the teams that we've talked about who we think have played nobody. And I've said it before. I think the big 10 is a house of cards and Michigan Ohio state have literally played nobody.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: I think Georgia has shown and the, and the, the level of nobody they played is that Georgia is probably a little bit tougher than either of those two teams. So if the situations were reversed and you had a Tennessee playing Ohio state or Michigan, then I'd say, yeah, eight, eight is way too much. But in this case, I, I am leery that Georgia's still probably a very strong team. This is a defending national champions. So, uh, but, but I, I do like that to play.
0: That as, as we say in college football, graduation can ruin anybody's program at one time.
1: Well, good news. Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker, who are both respectively 25, graduation's not hurt them at all. They are collectively younger than I think 11 quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: This is true.
1: Joe, this Joe Burrow has been playing in the NFL for three or four years. And he's still younger than both Hendon Hooker and Stetson Bennett.
0: And I like me some Joe Burrow, but that's a different yeah. subject for a different day. So I, what, uh, I, I what other was that old, but I, I he's like a seventh year COVID COVID. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. All okay. the
1: waivers, all the red shirts, all the medicals. Uh, well, so what, go. what other picks do we have this week? Papa Joe?
0: Well, you know, Papa Joe's still got, um, I'm wearing my hate hat this week, and I just see the mailbag was conflicted. Like, 50% love that I picked the people I hate, and um, 50% said move on. And that's hard to read
1: those two letters.
0: You know what? I like here. Here's the thing: Ohio State's going to be pissed that they're third. Maybe there's are they second in any poll? They're
1: second, so they're second in the initial poll, which is kind of laughable. Uh, In the initial CFP, they are second. In the Jack, who eight, they
0: played? Who have they played? When they played a down Penn State, the, when they played Little Sisters of the Poor, they beat the shit out of them. When they played the School for the Blind, they beat the shit out of them. This time, um, they're playing Northwestern. Now Northwestern. I got to put an ADA
1: explain, uh, exclaimer in here.
0: Okay, yeah, well, no, they're playing Northwestern, one and seven. Fitzgerald is probably on his way out because you know they want to add to that stadium and and they got a whole renovation project. They're going to have to bring some new blood. And as we know, in college football, I'll go Johnny Majors on you. He was at Tennessee twice. We will fire your ass, even if you're an alumni, even if you finished second for the Heisman Trophy in 1956. I do have to throw in some historical information for the fans out there on the Papa Joe segment. Doesn't matter if you're an alum, they will fire your ass. And that's where we're going with that. That, okay. that, that So you're going to you're going to lay Fitzgerald. I I like the 38 and a half. I do. They they open up a can of whoop ass So we're laying 38 in We're laying thirty we're laying 38 and a half is what I saw. We're laying
1: it. I am actually I'm going to I'm going to throw a wrinkle at you. Throw here. throw.
0: throw, sure.
1: This game, I was just looking it up so in the in the prior matchups Um, I think one of these is a big 10 championship, but beyond that, this is going to be three straight games in which Northwestern has been the home team two at that have been at Ryan field. Yeah. In Evanston. Yeah. And there is some rain and wind in the forecast on Saturday. Does that change your opinion of anything at all?
0: Um, are, are there still pansies yes still a bunch of rich spoiled people like uh Ann margaret and don't go picking on charlton heston because he was before Anne margaret and that's going old school for everybody that uh knows northwestern football um yeah i'm still i'm i'm going i'm I, I i got the poll factor this the is poll like factor. don't believe the polls jack this is like the election season. Don't believe the polls.
1: Well, let's keep it
0: to Ohio ho- State. Ohio State wants to get there. Ryan Day is pissed. They they got a can of whoop ass.
1: All right. What else you got?
0: Well, we'll go we'll go back to the well one more time because they they are the wannabes in you're, the top ten.
1: You're setting me up for for you know we're thinking about branding merchandise here on Spread the Field at some point in the future. True, and sure. And literally just just a plain Chinese made hat that says hate on it. And, and we'll put Papa Joe on the back
0: I would I would I, I got four people that would buy those before this broadcast segment is over. That's okay. very possible uh, let's go back to the well because I think uh, is it a well? they're, is it they're a- still thinking they're still thinking Utah and they're getting uh, 22 22 and a half
1: Cal, uh, they are Cal laying, is a bad team they are laying yeah. 21 and a half
0: okay the 21 and a half give me at give me, home against yeah. Cal. Okay. In Los Angeles. Okay. In, 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 they're uh, on TV. Downtown on LA TV. where no one, no one is safe. Yes. They're on TV this week. Well, they're right?
1: Pac-12 after dark.
0: Well, whatever. They, see, they got That's- it all themselves. The World Series might be over, Jack. They're, the only thing you, you have to watch is, is Lincoln Riley in a freaking visor. He's wearing a visor. I don't trust any coach wearing a visor. By the way, ask Gus Malzahn. Okay, how'd that work out for him at Auburn? Uh, yeah. So, uh, get um, um, two cans of whoop ass. It might be the last whoop ass I have in my arsenal. We'll we'll go there. But who are we not talking about this week, Jack? Who are we not talking about? That's a week.
1: That's a ten. Thir- by the way, that's a ten thirty ESPN game. So I don't so know. that ESPN. The whole world on, watching, like
0: the freaking Pac-12 network, which uh, four people in Idaho can see. Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: no. Who? Who did we not talk about this week? We
0: are not talking about Joey Freshwater.
1: Well, because they're on by. See. See. see?
0: One more thing. on no, Yeah. Go on, ahead. On Joey Freshwater. Ole Miss did not wear gray pants. Ah, yes. But, I forgot to watch the pants, but, but they, they, they got it done.
1: They, they did get it done. it done.
0: They, they got it. They got it done in A&M 102,000 Papa Joe called that Papa Joe called that. Okay.
1: So what what else you got? Papa Joe, we'll give you, we we'll give uh, you, we'll give I, you I think
0: it's two. been a great kick-ass season, uh, out of the corner of my eye. I am, uh, looking for Notre Dame to, uh, you Know, um, maybe put the hurting on Clemson that would turn things upside down in that top five. Uh, I think Michigan is going to cruise through, um, and it's going to be set up. But here's my you want my dark horse? They're sneaking around the chicken coop, everybody, um, out there in uh, spread the field land. And I, I, Jack, I'm, I'm going to get mail on this, um, next week. TCU, yes. I'm not yeah. saying they're a strong team. I'm not saying they're really good, could get there. But with that schedule, you're in that league. I mean, they can't even spell defense in that league, Jack. Well, and they, I think, I they think they barely know their ABCs.
1: If we, if we quick, quickly, quickly divert quickly, uh, um,
0: doesn't do anything quickly, but go ahead. Uh, to some
1: cfp talk i i think that's probably the biggest thing the 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 committee's got to go i want the computers i want unbiased information because if you're asking me to rank the teams i would have gone um hold on i actually have it here i think i had tennessee georgia and then tcu third um
0: wait because because
1: they've actually played people yeah, so I had ten, Tennessee, They played Georgia. my
0: Oklahoma State Cowboys. They played the Mullet, who is now over fifty, and he's a man.
1: Yeah, so I and had they
0: took care of the Mullet.
1: Tennessee, Georgia, TCU, Michigan at four, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. The first three out there, and and once again, be, because of resume, this is where I I think polls should be abolished prior to October. I think I think all these preconceived biases are are what's what's killing what's killing the sport at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, TCU has some, some of the better wins and better resume overall um, on, on, on the uh, CFP front.
0: Well, let me give, let me give you and the fans out there and in Twitter land, a little insight. The polls have always been that way. And it was even worse when there was no playoff and the best two teams never played each other. Uh, in any regularity for the national championship, and you would have split polls and all that. Last year's national champion usually goes into the summer, into week one, as the prohibitive number one. No matter how many people they graduate, well, run out of eligibility. It's all the same thing, Jack. Um, so th- yeah, th- you can't you can't worry about the polls. But uh, I like me a TCU. A la Cincinnati could sneak in the backfield because you're right. Michigan, total fraud. State total fraud. Georgia, possibly a fraud. Let's 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 look at. It. We'll, we'll we'll find a. You can have ninety two thousand there, uh, but Tennessee plays in front of one hundred seven. That shit's not going to bother. Whether whether they can execute. This game will come down to execution. And you know what the great John McKay said one time uh, when the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1976 went 0-14, and the reporter asks him, Coach, what do you think about the uh, execution of your team today? And uh, McKay he says, at, I'm,
1: I'm in favor of it, which is a line said, that Brian Kelly butchered last year, we know.
0: Exactly. And the, and and John, John McKay looks at the reporter and goes, I'm in favor of it. Yes.
1: So Papa Joe has Ohio State laying 38, USC laying 21 and a half, and the first off off the beaten path pick, uh, Tennessee catching eight on the road between the hedges. Well, Papa Joe, thanks for stopping in. Once again, these are always an adventure, uh, and we will look forward to hopefully talking with you next week.
0: Uh, Yeah, we'll look at the overflowing mailbag because I know it's going to be wonderful next week. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Papa Joe. Thank you,
1: and thanks for waiting with us uh, through Papa Joe and his picks. We love having Papa Joe on. I I, I do genuinely love the man. Um, as we look ahead to the weekend, um, not I we're we're gonna. I, I think all eyes for for me are going to be on that Tennessee Georgia game. Um, obviously, you know, we, we'll be rooting for no points in a lot of these games over the weekend. I I probably will sit down and watch. Um, a fair amount of the Air Force Army game. I I love option football. I do. It is a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, I will probably watch a ton of that uh, early in the day, unless there's something else that jumps out that's interesting. Uh, But definitely, all eyes on that Tennessee-Georgia game. Really, really wanted to put a play on Tennessee. I really did. And and I'm not going to. uh, Even at 8, I... I don't know how good Georgia is. I I think I know how good Georgia is. And I know that Georgia hasn't played a team like Tennessee yet. And with Tennessee, it's one of these things where until you actually see it, I don't know that you can believe it. And this is a big, big week as we think about what the college football playoff is going to look like uh, at the end of the season here. So we were going to sit down. We're definitely going to consume as much of that game as possible. Uh, Notre Dame versus Clemson. I really think this is going to be an interesting game. And that's not just emotional me. Uh, I think Notre Dame has, Notre Dame, you look at their losses this year, uh, lost to Ohio State, who's obviously a very good team, we think. Who have they played? Um, Lose to Ohio State, lose to Marshall, which was just inexcusable. A, A lot of weirdness going on. And then they go and lose to Stanford. Now Stanford's the one that is probably the most frustrating, believe it or not, because the common denominator is that Notre Dame so far this year has beaten all these ACC opponents. They are beating opponents that they know. Somehow, some way, they're they are able to game plan enough to beat opponents that they know, which makes the Stanford loss frustrating because they know Stanford, and frankly, that was. That, that game was just a microcosm of how hard can I stick this square peg in this round hole and see what happens instead of just altering the game plan and trying to win the game bring that full circle I think that's what made Syracuse the gaming at Syracuse last week not as surprising as maybe it looked like on paper or looked like from afar like I said Notre Dame knows the ACC very well they're basically an ACC member without you know all the the fanfare and 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 playing for conference championship nonsense. They know who Clemson is. They've got enough film on Clemson to put together a game plan. Clemson has looked very shaky this year. There's a lot of talk about them having a very hollow record. This is the same Clemson team that almost lost to Syracuse themselves at home, turning the ball over four times, benching their quarterback. Is there a scenario here where Notre Dame keeps this game really close and, and covers a number? Very possible. Very possible. Uh, so we will we'll definitely tune into that. Uh, a lot, like I said, a lot of other games that you know would have loved to to bet on, just did not have numbers that we liked. Kansas State taking on Texas is another one that pops out to me. Tulane taking on Tulsa. That one, if that came down under a touchdown, I'd feel better about Tulane. But we are going to try to sit down and watch as many of these as we can. Uh, like I mentioned earlier at the top, um, Back, you know, we're, we're making some hockey plays now. Um, those come, you know, a little more sporadically. So, once again, follow me on Twitter for those. Uh, Boxing-wise, this is big. We've got uh, Zerdo Ramirez taking on Dimitri Bevel in what is going to be a surefire action fest this weekend. It does not get the hype and the fanfare because you probably don't know either of these guys. But Beval just beat Canelo Alvarez, who jumped up to 175 to face the Russian and won a clear decision. I mean, there was no controversy about it. And he's now taking on a, a big dude. Zerto Ramirez is a big dude um, who, I, I mean, if you told me at the end of this career, he, this guy's going to be a heavyweight, I believe you. But right now, this fight's at 175. I think this is going to be a very good fight, a very interesting fight. I will have a pick up for you on Saturday. Go over to Twitter, at BettsBall, and you will see my pick for that. Um, But that is going to be a very interesting match. Uh, I think there's a couple others. Uh, But like I said, obviously check uh, check my Twitter for those. Um, Beyond that, our NFL plays were big old dull dud last week. Uh, But you come here for college football anyway, so I'm not as worried about those. Uh, other than that, uh, we're gonna keep on grinding, folks. Uh we've got Maxion in full effect. Ball State played this week. Uh did not have any, any good looks for Maxion this week. If I have looks for Maxion next week, uh I will I will add them on Twitter and the action app. Uh they would probably not make the pod. Obviously, they'd have to be on the pod right now. Uh, but uh definitely follow along for those as well. That that's our show here. That's our look ahead at Week Ten. Uh, it's a little smaller car than it has been, um, but hopefully we continue to uh, churn out some success. If you're enjoying, you know, hopefully you're here and you're entertained. If you're following and and actually making some of these picks, we're we're close to making money. If you're fading, hey, I understand that as well. But uh, overall, thanks for having or thanks for taking the time and thanks for stopping by. We'll see you in Week Eleven.